Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the clock. On this Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside question mark, the one, the only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? Nothing more reassuring than right before you start a radio show to look at your co-host and he's doing laps in the newsroom, running around looking for something. I'm like, alright, well... I don't know where my headphones are. Show's in here, buddy! Right here! Yep, yeah. right here! I think we lost, uh, recorded something earlier and I don't know where they are now. Your, so, your little bud things? Yeah, they're gone. I can't find them. <laughs> I don't know where they are! Here, you... A pair of headphones? Can pair of these? You want a pair of yeah. these? You want a pair of headphones there for yourself? Know they are. You know, we can find them during the break. Yeah, it's real. You know, it's kind of, it's like that fire drill, right? Like we all experienced it last night with the Suns game, you know, when it all just kind of went to hell there in the fourth quarter. It was sort of the same thing here. Like show's about to start and Gamble's just out there. He's running back and forth and back. And yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I. The first thing I thought is, he, is he doing the DeAndre Ayton thing again? Like he did no, yesterday? No, 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 no. I didn't have to we're do on, that. We're, we're, I didn't have to do that. Did yeah. you see, Mitch is back from uh, his, his sister graduating with a doctorate in physical therapy. Did you see that video yesterday, by the way, of Gambo? Pretending like he was I did not. What happened? Well, so, you know, DeAndre Ayton, that, that meme went around from him of game one where he's just standing on oh, the basket, yeah. right? I did that, too, and pick up basketball. Yeah, right. We're just standing there watching Jokic tip it to himself like 50 different times. So yesterday at the beginning of the show, Gambo, when I yelled straight up 2 o'clock, the one, the only John Gambadoro, he didn't answer. And then I said, Gambo. For about 5, 10 seconds. For, yeah, and then I said, yeah. And finally, he he answered. And he said he was doing his best DeAndre Ayton impersonation when he was standing there. Yes, you still, what it was. You still can't find him, can no, you? I can't find him. I don't, I don't know where I put him. <laughs> Search party. Good old-fashioned search party. You know we what? had him in that other room. Yeah, and they're not there now? Yeah, I don't know who they are. Yeah, all right, I'll well. go take a peek once you cue to the old thingy here. Cue to the little thingy there, then. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Rebounded by Jokic. That's his 16th board to go with 39 points. He brings it into the forecourt and dribbles out the remainder of the clock. The final score, Nuggets win 97-87. That's my official noise. That's my official reaction. That's your official reaction? That's, my, that's, a, that's a reenactment of my house from last yeah. night when that game, about 9-15 when that game ended. I yeah. made that exact noise. Well, you wanted them to, you wanted them to the play Nuggets. better. I mean, you know, listen, you didn't listen. You didn't think they were going to win yesterday. I you didn't not. think they were going to win. I didn't think they were going to win yesterday. You wanted to see them play better. They played better. They played tougher. The defense was good. They, but they're on fumes at the end of the in the fourth quarter. They were on fumes. They were out of gas. Yeah. They were exhausted. And so now you're in a two nothing hole to Denver. A lot of people are writing them off. They are. They're writing them off because you've got to win four out of five. I'm not yet. You've got two games in Phoenix on Friday and Sunday. They're both must wins. Without question, you can't just say Friday's a must win. No, Friday and Sunday are must wins. You've got to be two two. On Sunday night, not three one, three one. You bury you got because then you got to win two out of three in Denver. Mm-hmm. I like four out of five with three at home, rather than two out of two out of three with two of them in Denver. Huh? <laughs> like <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I got you. I understand what you're saying. It just it was a long trip to get there. But yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. Look, I'm not I'm not done with them. I'm not saying the series is over. I'm not saying they're going to lose. But but here's here's what's frustrating about last night. And yeah, I, you know, you I, I thought they were going to lose last night. I thought they were going to be an O2 hole. Here's what I didn't think was going to happen. Thing number one that I didn't think was going to happen. I didn't think Chris Paul was going to injure his groin halfway through the third quarter. And <laughs> that, okay. But a lot of people thought something would happen to Chris Paul. Eventually, I didn't think it was going to happen in game two of the second round of the playoffs. And I get there's a fragility there with him. But I didn't think that. And his lack of availability, or and it's unknown at this point, but his unknown status moving forward really changes the spin on this series. Yeah. And then the other thing about last night, and this is my number one takeaway watching that game. Okay. You're the fourth seed. They're the one seed. You're going to have to win a game in that building at some point. Yes. Last night was your picture perfect opportunity to do it had a lead it was, it was there for yeah. you man it was there for well, you let, let's talk about it they had a lead going into the fourth quarter they were up 73 to 70 they got outscored 27 to 14 it was their worst their lowest scoring fourth quarter of the season they started 0 for 9 from the field they finished 7 for 25 they were 0 and 7 from the field while Jokic was on the bench mm-hmm Jokic with Murray was terrible. Jokic is on the bench. They're 0 for 7 from the field. That's an opportunity to add. Instead of being up by 3, have Jokic come back and you're up by 10. By 10. So Jokic, he sat for 2 minutes and 35 seconds. He comes back into the game. And then they just started to take over. I mean, the Nuggets were 9 out of 15 in the fourth quarter. They shot 60%. The Suns shot 28%. It was brutal. It was just a brutal performance by the Suns. They couldn't hit shots. Devin Booker, as good as he was in the third quarter... And he was really good in the third quarter. He was gassed. Two of eight and two of eight in the fourth. He was gassed. He was gassed. You could see it in every single one of his motions. Yeah. He was gassed. He was tired. I know afterwards he said he wasn't. Uh, KD was asked afterwards if fatigue was a factor. Of course, no one's going to say it was because nobody, these are prideful guys. Nobody wants to admit it. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, they made some shots there. I mean, we got some good looks, too. I don't want to blame it on fatigue. They did a good job. Of course it was fatigue. Yeah. Of course they were tired. They was when tired. You, when you're playing your starters, when you're playing your two stars, 44 to 45 minutes a night, eventually it's going right. to get them, right? Eventually it it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear them down. But, I mean, even with all, it's like I'm, so I'm watching the fourth quarter develop, and, yeah, the 14 points, and, yeah, the 28%, and all I'm thinking to myself is, man, they got lost real quick without Chris Paul, and, boy, do they look tired. And even despite all that, Right? About halfway through that fourth quarter, it's a one-point game. Okogi finds eight, and it's a three-point game. Devin Booker hits a mid-range shot. Kevin Durant hits a couple of jumpers. And it's it's a it's a still a very winnable game despite everything that had kind of piled up to that point with no Chris Paul and the fatigue and the tired legs and all that stuff. But that needle was on empty, man. There just wasn't enough there. KCP just kept hitting big shot after big shot, man. whether it was the beginning of the quarter or the middle of the three, quarter. Three three-pointers. Yep. Three three-pointers for KCP. And that's you know, we'll talk about the X factors later because Denver's had him and the Suns just haven't. I mean, KD was four of ten 
in the field in the fourth quarter. He missed all of his three point attempts, three of them. Payne was 0 for four. He missed both of his three point attempts. Booker was two for eight. He missed both of his three point attempts. Torrey missed his only shot, which was a three. Lee missed his only shot, which is actually at the end of the game. Da made his only shot. Like, and you may say, okay, Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown and Casey—they're playing really good defense. No, I mean, yeah, they did, but the Suns were exhausted. Like those shots, like they weren't on target. They were just, they were just bad shots and shot clock violations. And man, I think that they were. I think that they gave everything they had, and they got to that fourth quarter, man, and they just, they just didn't have anything left in the tank. It was I, on empty. I think fatigue had something to do with it. Uh, clearly, I think not having Chris out there had something to do with it. I, I mean, it's, and Chris, we all know how inconsistent he's been, and we all knew that at some point something like this could happen. They were playing so well before he got hurt. And again, we'll talk about this a little bit later on in this hour, because obviously that's a big thing moving forward. Sure. Now, trying to figure out his availability. But I thought part of what happened in that fourth quarter was not having him. And so Devin Booker, after the game, is talking about the team's confidence being down 0-2 in this series, and he was almost defiant about it after the game. I love I love it. Um, you know, I just love playoff basketball. That's the first thing I said when I got in the locker room. Like, you, you just have to love this, brace it. Um, you know, there's not many people that get the chance to do what we're doing, play in the highest level of basketball. So, compete at the highest level. Don't forget to have fun with it. Um, and just get after it every time we get a chance. Love well, the attitude. I yeah. totally respect that answer. I mean, as a guy when all those years winning 20 games, 20 to 25 games, and being in the draft lottery, and now he gets to be like, man, I'll, I'll take this any day of the week down to nothing, coming back to our place for two, rather than sitting at home and watching these games, because that sucks for a bunch of years, sitting at home and watching these sure. games. So I get that. Sure. And the, and the old adage in the NBA is that a series doesn't really begin until the home team loses. The home team hasn't lost yet. All that's happened is the Suns have gone to Denver and they've lost the first two games. But again, to me, what compounds this issue, the fact that they're down 0-2, the unknown status of Chris Paul moving forward, and the fact that you know you got to win one there, and I don't know if you're going to get as good an opportunity to win one there as you got last night. That's a fair point. Jamal Murray, I I mean, that was my my number one thing from last night was Jamal Murray struggled, you contained him, you did a good job, you had a lead, you were, I'm not going to say you were in control, I think that's a little bit of a myth, but you were were setting yourselves up to be in control of that game if you could just hit a few three-point and to let that one slip, I just don't know if you're going to get as good of an opportunity to win a game in that building yeah. as you had last night. Uh, you don't you don't look at it four or five. You look at it two games in Phoenix. Now we said this yesterday, like you know, a lot of people thought that yesterday was a must win for the Phoenix Suns. Me and you didn't, but I did say games three and four are must win. Right? It's not just Fridays a must win. Friday and Sunday are must wins. The Suns have to win both. Because because then I think you get into three one hole with two in Denver. I don't think that they could pull that off. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, in order to win games last night, the player the Suns acquired halfway through the season needs to be elite. And while he was very good, he was not elite. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Booker swings cross court, Paul left wing out to Durant. Open for three. Yes, sir. KD, Slim Reaper in playoff mode tonight in Denver. He knocks down the three. 16 on the night. He knocks down the three. Words that were very huh. rarely spoken last night about Kevin Durant. That yeah, was... i got to do a fact check 
on that. I wanted to fact check that when I heard that. <laughs> Did that really happen? To make sure that was actually last I night. Clank a whole bunch of them. <laughs> that wasn't Man. some random game from April that right. he played in. Right. <laughs> uh, Kevin Durant, 24 points on 27 shots. Ooh. He was 10 of 27 yep. from the floor. He missed 10 of his 12 three-pointers. And here's the thing. It was the common observation after last night's game. And, it, and it's still sticking today. You need Kevin Durant to be elite. And last night, yeah. he was not elite. He hasn't really been elite no. so far this postseason. No, we've talked about that on this show many, many times. Like, he's been good. He's been sometimes really good. But he's not. he hasn't been special. You need Kevin Durant to be special. The way Jamal Murray was in Game 1. The way Booker was against the Clippers. I mean, the way many guys in the playoffs has been. Kevin Durant has not been special. This is a guy, and I went through it last night. Uh, you know, this is a guy that had... Uh, 48 points in one game against Milwaukee two years ago and 49 in another. He had 42 and 39 against Boston in that series. He had 39 against Boston last year. He had 46 against Houston, 50 against the Clippers, 45 against the Clippers going back to 2018, 2019. He had 43 in the NBA Finals against Cleveland. 38 and 37 versus Houston, 38 versus New Orleans. You see my point here. Yeah, of course. The point is that Kevin Durant has had a dozen or more special, special games in the NBA playoffs. Games in which he elevated himself and he elevated his team to victory. Where he dominated, he flat out dominated. Where you walked off that court and you're like, oh my God, how do you stop Kevin Durant? Nobody's walked off the court in any of these games been like, oh, how do you stop Kevin Durant? They've talked about how do you stop Booker, but nobody's talked about it. Can you stop Kevin Durant? Now, I said this when they traded for him. One of the things that I was a little leery about was, It's been five years since he's gone through all four rounds in the playoffs to get to the NBA Finals and through the NBA Finals. He was in his 20s then. He's 34 now. Look, I still think he's been really, really good, but does he have that game in him? Does he have the ability to elevate his game to a level to where he can take this team on his back and carry him by scoring 40 to 50 points? You hate to say it. You hate to almost even think of it, but really, really good isn't good enough. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, he has been really, really good. And, And during the Clippers series, he was like, he would get 30 points and you're like how the hell did Kevin Durant get 30 points where did that right like it was so yeah. easy for him it was so it was like breathing he was right really he, good. Just, he was just he was really good mm. but he didn't he was never like Booker was just so much clearly the best player on the floor during that series and then so far two games into this Nuggets series you haven't had that moment where you're looking at Kevin Durant like your, your point with all those past games look when the Suns acquired Kevin Durant the word I kept using was fragile like this is a fragile f- plan you know what the, when I kept saying that I kept talking about Kevin Durant's health, right? Like, is he going to be able to hold up? Is he going to last? I never assumed that the plan was fragile because Kevin Durant was just going to have and good games. Seven NBA playoff games, and he wasn't special in any single right. one. Like that, was, but he wasn't bad. He's no, just, he, I just, but I just good? assumed. I just assumed that him being special was a given. Was a constant, you know, was not a variable yeah. in the equation. It was a given. Kevin Durant is going to be great in the playoffs. He's going to be great in a series. He's going to be great for the Suns. I always thought the plan was fragile because I was worried that Kevin Durant was going to get hurt. It never even occurred to me that Kevin Durant wouldn't be outstanding in moments like last night. And he was not outstanding in moments last night. And it was really weird to process, Gambo. It was weird to watch him struggle like that because you're thinking, this is the whole reason why he gave up Mikel Bridges. This is why he gave up Cam Johnson. Why he gave up all those... You're supposed to be great. And you're not being great. And it was weird to process. Has it been a game with either Lou or Malone have gone back like, how do we stop this guy? We can, we have no answer for him. Kevin Durant needs to be a guy you have no answer for. Yeah. You have no answer for him. 
You need to cut. He's got to dominate a game so much that you don't have any answer for him. He leads his team to victory. It's been seven playoff games with the Phoenix Suns so far, and he hasn't done that yet. I still think he's capable of it, but you know, you start to wonder. Like when I'm, I was going through all these games last night, I, I went through after the game was over. I went through all of Kevin Durant's previous playoff games in the last five years, mm-hmm. and man, there's so many of them. And I just mentioned, I rattled them all off: fifty point games and forty five point games and forty nine and forty eight, and just dominant, dominant games. I, I don't know that he could do that consistently. I, I'm worried, I do worry. Can you do that? Can he be that guy? Can, maybe one game here or there. Maybe that's what they need. Can he do it consistently? I do. You start to worry about age. You start to worry about fatigue. And the other thing is, I think it's a factor. I think it's a factor. This is the greatest experiment ever on an NBA basketball of course, court. Of course. Let's take a superstar and play very, very few games with a team and say, let's make a run and go win the NBA championship with no continuity of chemistry with your teammates. I'm not sure on what platform he was on. I know he was on ESPN. I caught a little Tim Legler audio in which he basically said the same thing. Like He's like, everyone said championship or bust this year with Kevin Durant. And Legler said, and I agree with this, I never believed it was championship or bust this year for Kevin Durant. Like, it was always going to be, everything was always kind of thrown together at the last minute this year. You know, to your point about the great experiment, the grand experiment. You still have next year. You still have the postseason after that, but then Kevin Durant's going to be a year older. Yeah, that's What's going to be his health status? A lot of wear and tear. Mm-hmm. How many games does he play? How many games does he miss? I still think, like, the, the window doesn't close if the Suns get eliminated to the Denver Nuggets. It's still very much there, because at least next year, we won't have the great experiment thing hanging over our head with only eight games of experience but with Kevin a, Durant and the you'll Suns. You'll have a guy 35 a few months away from being 36 in the playoffs next Look, year. Let's keep it more short term. We're, we're, we're getting really big picture here. Let's keep it more short term. If the Suns are to win this series, Kevin Durant has to be elite and it has to happen now. Don't disagree at all. It has to happen in game. Mm-hmm. It has to happen every single game from here on out. It's non-negotiable. There's no wiggle room here. If the Suns truly are going to become what the Suns have never in a seven game series come back from down 0-2? Have never done it. They're 0-13, I think it was. And yeah. I have my notes here, but they've never they did it with Westfall uh in a five game series, but they are 0-13. All time when trailing okay. two nothing in a best of seven series. Now teams come back from down two zero all the time. Mm-hmm. All right, it's very, it's common in the NBA. It's not, I mean the odds are still very course, much in favor of, of the two nothing team. Just our it's, own personal history here, right? Like we yeah. we've we've seen it, we've lived it, we've experienced, we know it. Okay, if it's to happen. Kevin Durant has to be elite. And Devin Booker has to be elite, too. I mean, it's just, it's gonna, that's, that's the only, especially since we don't know the status of Chris Paul. Now, maybe we get good news about Chris. Maybe something happens. But if the Suns are going to have any chance in the series, it, it can't wait any longer. We can't come in here after game three and say, yeah, we're kind of still waiting on that elite Kevin Durant game. It's got to happen Friday. And then it's got to happen again Sunday. And there's no alternative for the Suns right now. None. The success rate for an NBA team to come back and win a series after dropping the first two games is actually staggeringly bad. It's happened 20 times in 282 seven-game playoff series has that team come back to win. Um, only six times has it happened since 2012 when down to nothing. So it's not... It's not. It's happened, right? Twenty times. It's not like it's only happened two or three times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have this great track record of success. No, I think what clouds our judgment a little bit here 
is just the f- how many times it's happened to us on the other end. And but when I say us, yeah. I mean Suns yeah. fans, right? Yeah. You're up two zero against the Mavs. Oops. You're up two zero against the Bucks. Oops. Right? Like it, it's it, our recent history tells us not that it's no big deal. I don't want to be all blasé about it. Like ah oh, yeah fine piece of cake no problem. But we've seen it the last two years well, where our hopes and dreams have been dashed because they were up two zero and they couldn't finish out so a series. It's happened three times in the last two years, and two of them were the Suns, the Bucks, and the Mavs. So the last three times a team has come back from down two nothing. Two of them were the Suns, the Mavericks, and the Bucks, the and then thing? the Warriors this year. The Warriors this year. The okay. Warriors this year. They were down two nothing to the Kings. Yep. But it's like. So it's a little recency bias playing into this, right? Because it's happened three times recently. Yeah. You think, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're good. We're fine. We're okay. Look, games three and four are non-negotiable. You got to win both. You lose either one, the series is done. You'll probably go to Denver and lose in five if you lose yeah. one of these two games. You got to win these two games at home. Kevin Durant has to be elite. He has to be special. Devin Booker has to be elite. He has to be special, especially if you don't know Chris Paul and his status going forward, which reminds us when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, that's exactly what we are going to talk about right after you have a chance to score the hottest ticket in town. So maybe you can get to the Footprint Center and see the Suns win those two games. Suns playoff tickets. Text the word TICKET to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name starting tomorrow during the 7 a.m. hour, the 12 noon hour, or the 5 o'clock hour here on Burns and Gambo. It's your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, text the word TICKET to 620 20. When we come back, can anybody have any worse luck in the postseason than Chris Paul? Anybody? Anybody? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Still one of the greatest MTV videos of all time. Right, Tanya Katayan on the car? I, I, I would, on the two cars. On the two cars. <laughs> Bernsey remembers this one vividly. <laughs> vividly. And trust me, every teenage boy from the 80s remembers this video vividly. Every teenage boy. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Any, anybody a teenager in the 80s doesn't know this MTV video? Anyone? Chris Paul, this one's for you. Crank it, Mitch. That here I go again feeling. Uh, going right. down the only road I've ever known, injuries. <laughs> we, That's the road we, I know. We actually could have gone uh, just as easily with OK Goes, Here I Go Again, Here I Go. Right? Like, gonna go, we could have done that one, too, if we wanted to. I should have known. I should have known again. Right? Yeah. I should have known, known again. Oh, but here I go again. Right? Uh, because of this. Chris Paul is going to leave the floor right now. Looks like he's headed to the locker room. See if we can get an update on that. Into the game comes Cameron Payne. Paul just started cooking. He hit a couple shots in a row. 
432 left to go in the third. There's John Bloom with the call last night yeah. here in Arizona Sports about five minutes ago in the third quarter. He goes up to contest a rebound by Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who gets the offensive board and gets the tip in. He grabs for the groin almost immediately. He was on the court for another 20 seconds or so, and Monty got him right up out of there because he was hurt. Yeah. And, and you knew it again with Chris. When they took him out of the game, I did a quick rewind like, rewind, like a minute later because I wanted to see where it happened. I mean, I'm sure you did the same thing because I didn't thing. know. Yep. And then you can see him. Like, he goes up for the rebound. He comes down. He kind of grabs that area. And he kind of goes off to the side and, like, not able to really play. But then 2015, Western Conference semifinals against the Rocket. Hamstring strain. Keeps him out the final two games they lose. Mm-hmm. 2016 against Portland. Fractures his right hand. Has to undergo surgery. 2018 against the Warriors. Right hamstring strain. Caused him to miss the final two games. Rockets lost that in seven. 2021 against the Lakers. Shoulder contusion. Caused him to miss the first couple games of the series. Uh, last year, right? The, the thought of, we would see sick? Did he had COVID? What was going on? It was something we still don't know what it was. Well, remember, and, too, he had COVID against the Clippers, too. Against the Clippers. Two years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, 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 he had to miss the first two games of that series because right. he had I the remember COVID there was breaking well. the news that he was, you know, that he was vaccinated and here's where it happened in a day. And now against the Nuggets, a left groin strain injury that caused him to miss the remainder of game two and maybe we'll see if it's beyond. Now, I checked with, uh, you know, with a, with a sports doctor that I know and he said, listen, it's just at this, unless I see it, you don't know. Like, nobody really knows for sure. Now, does he go for an MRI? Did he not go for an MRI? Probably will. But, you know, groin strains. I mean, that is, I, I mean, depending on the level of tear, like that could be that could be something that sidelines you for a little while. Sure, it could be it could sideline you for a while. I mean, depending on the like. Now, the scary part is what Monty said afterwards. He couldn't push off. Okay, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, here's Monty that's after not good. the game. Yeah, it just looked like he was boxing out, and um, he just came up where he couldn't push off of it or anything, and so. Not quite sure what it is right now, but it seems to be something in the growing area. So we'll find out more tomorrow. Sam Sharania today on FanDuel TV. And again, I'm going to play this. There's been no official update from the Phoenix Suns at all on the status of CP3. Here's what Sham said today. Groins are tough. I mean, anytime you pull a groin, a hamstring, those are those those soft tissue injuries where you pull them. Um, it's tough to heal from. I'm told he's going to have an MRI later today. They're going to know more. But the, their next game is on Friday. And I think he's got to be in certain for Friday given there's you know Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. We got That's three days break. between games. Sure. But uh, I don't know if groin injuries heal in just three days. So especially when you're Chris Paul's um, you know he's a he's a veteran. Advanced in age, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> in, yeah. in, bas- okay. in, in basketball in basketball terms, obviously. Age, yeah. um, but listen, he, he it's it's gonna be tough with three days to heal from this groin injury. Look, they're all different, but advanced age or not, Devin Booker strained his groin against the Nuggets on Christmas Day when he played those four minutes. How long was he out for? He was out for two months. Two months. You know, and again, they're all different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's age different. It all has levels of tears, Of course. There's levels of severity of all this. It's it's not an apples-to-apples comp, but Devin Booker was out two months with his. You would probably bet a car payment that Chris is not playing on... Friday. I, I would bet a John Gambadoro car payment that Chris Paul's not mm. playing on Friday. I've seen your car; it's very nice. I would bet a John Gambadoro car payment that Chris. But I don't, I don't know. He, I don't think he. I don't think I, he's going to be able to play in I, three games I, in three days. I, I mean, just, a groin injury, soft tissue. Yep. Like you just said, a great point. Booker was out two months. Mm-hmm. Groin injury. Like you know, like at this point. 
I, I just, you know, Friday, Sunday, I don't know. Yeah. Get the MRI. We'll see. I'm sure the Suns will have a report before the game on Friday because they will ha- you know, have to update, update us on the status of Chris. I'm sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not making any promises here. I'm not trying to write checks that I can't cash, okay? I bet by the end of today, Shams, Woj, you, somebody's going to, Mark Stein, some NBA insider somewhere is going to get wind of what we're looking at here and we'll have an idea of what we're talking about with Chris Call, with Chris Paul. The shame of it, the real shame of it is watching that game, they were just starting to figure it out too when he got hurt last night. And he night, had actually they? hit a couple of those mid-range, and that's the thing you're going to miss if he's out. Okay, let's talk about this for just a second here. He still has the ability to get to that spot on the floor at the L and knock those shots down with consistency. Okay, now he may not be a great defensive player anymore, and he may not be able to handle the ball because of the pressure that's put on him with bigger, stronger, younger guys that are guarding him. But that ability when he does get the ball to be able to find his shot he can find his shot. He knows the spot on the floor he's going to go to. It's almost like a, like a pitcher throwing a fastball and saying, I'm going to throw you a fastball. I'm going to get to this spot, and there's nothing you can do. And he does have this uncanny ability to get to that elbow and hit those shots with regularity. I know you're the big note taker on the show, but I'm going back to my notes for the game. Third quarter, Paul okay. mid-range. Sun's up 46-44. Paul, Aiton screen. Aiton sets a good screen. It's 54-49. KD3 on a good look from Paul. Sun's up six. Paul, silky smooth mid-range shot. Sun's up 59 Did you actually 51. write that, silky smooth? I did. You Paul, wrote silky smooth. Silky smooth mid-range. Ooh, I did. Oh, you, you see? See, my notes have yeah. color. My notes wow. have, you know, your, yours I can, right? Like, you have highlighters and colors and all that stuff. I write stuff like That's sil- my notes right there. Silky smooth mid-range. There it is. Stuff that I write in my notes. That's he, my notes. The Sun's offense was vibing. It was flowing. It was it was work. They they were on the verge of figuring things out against the Nuggets and stealing that game. So again, when we talk about missed opportunities, that's the, you know you, you're going to try to steal a game in Denver mm. without Chris Paul. Last night was probably your best shot. And then problem number two is that it's just really easy for me to sit here and assume that you're not going to have Chris Paul for the rest of the series. I, I, yes. and, I, and I don't know that for a fact. Nobody knows that for a fact. But but can you this beat? Is, yeah. The Denver Nuggets. If you don't have Chris Paul the rest of the series, no, I don't think you can either. No, but I, I don't. I don't. I really. I don't. I don't I, think no, you either. can beat you, the Denver watch, Nuggets did, if you don't have Chris Paul. This did you watch campaign yesterday it was terrible. Oh boy! I mean, it was terrible. No, I mean, you don't have any depth as it is. Now you take it off one of your best four players, and yeah. you have no depth. I mean, I. I've always been a believer that they can't win a championship unless Chris plays really well. So that's me. I, I mean, I, I so do I think if Chris is out for the remainder of the series, they could fight. They could they could beat the the Nuggets. I I, I think that's going to be very difficult. It, I would say no. It's going to require elite, elite play from Durant and Booker every single game, every single moment they're on the floor. If that happens. They have a chance, but they have to be elite. They have to be airtight. They have to be the two best players in the NBA. I mean, it, it, it and there's really, uh, unless Aiton's just going to rise to the level of the 2021 playoffs and play like that, then of course there's kind of like the functionality of all of this. How is this going to work? We'll dive into this a little bit deeper later, but I'll play this now. Monty was asked the question if Devin Booker can carry the load of point guard if necessary. I think it's a lot, you know. I, he, he was probably more tired than he would admit. Um, but with Chris off the floor, 
What choice do you have? I, I, I think that that is the, the single greatest question we have going forward. If Devin Booker's got to run the point the entire time, is he going to run himself into the ground? The pressure that is on him, the, 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 the decision-making you have, the level you've got to play at, I mean, it's... it's going to be extremely difficult to not have multiple ball handlers. You can't have Book be the primary point guard the whole game, right? There's got to be chances where you give him a breather because yeah. he's got to work on a defensive end to try to keep Jamal Murray from going off. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line about the state of the Suns right now. You can text us at 620-620. When we come back, he's been one of many bright spots for the Diamondbacks for the first month of the season. Andrew Chafin, the sheriff, the closer, joins us next on the Burn and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Oh yeah, Ruby here with us with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Suns down 0-2 to the Denver Nuggets. Game three is now coming up on Friday at Footprint Center. I want to congratulate the uh, New Jersey Devils for making my friends' lives miserable last night. Wow. I enjoyed that so much. I wouldn't want to be your friend if you're rooting for my misery. Oh, I was rooting for their misery. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gamble. Spiteful. Yeah, we, Spiteful don't, we, don't, we don't like them. Islander fans do not like the Rangers. Yes, not. All right. Well, congratulations, question mark? Yes. I guess. Yeah. Man, I hope nobody feels that way about me when my sons go down 0-2. It's tough, right? Like, hey, I'm good. Hey, I'm glad you guys yes, lost. Bernsey's miserable. Bernsey's miserable, yeah. and I'm so happy about it, man. With friends like you, who needs enemies? I mean, misery does need company. Well, just assume not have that kind of company if you would. Um, all right, uh, Ruby, you got our Twitter poll question today. We're all wallowing in misery today, except for I was Gambo. About to was say, thrilled, right? These uh, poll questions are definitely not as fun after <laughs> losses. No, I'll say not, that. So, besides <laughs> Kevin Durant's performance, what was the most frustrating part about the Suns' game? two loss in Denver. Oh, You've got one. four options. Okay. We probably could have put like eight in here. Okay. But the four you have to pick from are Chris Paul getting hurt, the three-point shooting downright sucking, the bench being a non-factor, and the players just looking tired. We could have added so many more if we give me, wanted give me, to. Give it to me again because they're Chris all Paul good. Chris Paul getting hurt. Okay. Three-point shooting was really bad. Bench was a non-factor yeah. again, and players look fatigued. I got to go with Chris Paul. Fatigue, I expect. They're running, the Monty's running him into a ground. He's got no choice. Three-point shooting, they suck. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Mm-hmm. And the bench, they suck. <laughs> Like you know, so like the one you know those things I expect. So those things are all givens in your mind. Those are givens. And, and Chris Paul is the way. To, right. Could argue, Although I can argue that Chris, Chris is a given. Hurt is a given too. Chris you Paul got hurt. That. Okay. I think the sun coming out tomorrow. Yeah. I think none of those undoes the Suns' chances in this series more than Chris Paul getting hurt. So I'm also going to vote for Chris Paul getting hurt as the most frustrating thing. Survey says this one's a close race for second, but in first by a mile. Forty six point one percent say the bench being a non-factor yet again was the most frustrating. In second place, barely is Chris Paul being hurt at 24.4%. And then at 24.2%, it's how bad the three-point shooting was. Only 5% are frustrated about the fatigue on the players. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. The Clubhouse Call-In with Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
It is the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader and the flagship home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. They're getting ready to take on the Texas Rangers coming up later today and joining us for our weekly visit with a Diamondbacks player straight out of the clubhouse. We are talking with Diamondbacks reliever Andrew Chafin, who joins us here on Burns and Gambo. Andrew, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing today? Doing good. Nice to have you back with the D-backs. Take me back a few years ago. You started here in Arizona. You were here for seven years. What was it like at that year? Robbie Ray got traded. Starling Marte got traded. You got traded to the Cubs. What do you remember about that day? Well, first off, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was I was currently rehabbing an issue I had with my hand at the time. I talked to my agent that morning. I was like, yeah, there's no way you're going to get traded. You're broken. I'm like, yeah, you're probably about right. Go through my day or whatever, and then get out of the hot tub, and I got a couple missed calls from Hazen, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I called him back, and there you have it. Yeah. You know, so, they, then you're with the Cubs. Cubs end up trading you. Um, and then you get to the, you go to the A's. And then from the A's, you're signing the deal with the Tigers. So a little bit of a whirlwind these last few. You've been very successful, but you've been with a bunch of different teams in the last four years. Yeah, yeah I've uh, definitely gotten around a little bit. Um, but I think it's one of those things that kind of helped me advance my career, if you will. Like, just kind of learn different things, different perspectives, and uh, it seems to work out all right so far. It has, and you're back now. Tell me, when you were going through your decision-making process this offseason, what was it that led you back to the Arizona Diamondbacks this offseason? Well, it was a best deal at the at a place I was most comfortable with. So it, it just kind of happened to work out there. It's you know, primarily a business decision. So, yeah, um, but it worked out, and it, you know, it's exciting to be back where everything kind of all started for Yeah, me. I was going to say, what's led you to be so comfortable here? Because you do seem very comfortable here. You seem like you're you're well-liked by the fan base, well-liked in the clubhouse, by the coaches and the manager. What, what, what gives you that feeling of comfort when you're here, Andrew? Well, I'm at the point now I'm just going to show up and try to have as much fun as I possibly can. But that's always been you. The day and, yeah, I know, but it's, it just hasn't really changed. So, yeah, just show up and have a good time. Was it, that involves pitching well, so it kind of goes hand in hand. <laughs> was it a pretty easy decision to opt out? I mean, you did really well with Detroit. They had a really good bullpen, uh, too. You decided to opt out. You're saying so that was just a business decision to try to put yourself in a position uh, financially to go to a different team for more money? Yeah, pretty much. Like, like I only get to play this game for so long, and I need to be able to do everything I can to you know, support my family for as long as I possibly can through through baseball stuff. So we, we felt you know, that it was the best decision to make, and uh, here we are. You were part of a combined no-hitter. It was crazy, but against the Dodgers when you were with the Cubs, I remember you got a big double play, I think, in the eighth inning. What, what was that like to be a pitcher in a combined no-hitter? Well, the funny thing about that situation is uh, nobody in the bullpen had any idea it was actually a no-hitter. Because in the, the Dodgers' bullpen there, you, you can't see the scoreboard. Like the, the, the visuals are terrible from down there. And uh, I believe uh, Davies actually had walked like eight, six guys or something like that. So there's base runners throughout the whole game. And it's like you don't 
you see how many base runners, you assume somebody got a hit. You don't even think about it, you know? <laughs> so you had no idea when to what? You stepped on the field or word got down there? When did you when did you find out there was a no-hitter in progress? It was the ninth inning. I was up underneath just doing my normal, like, uh, workout stuff after an outing. Um, I was sitting there talking with the trainers a little bit, and then the TV was on in the background. They were talking about, like, oh, last time a no-hitter, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at the TV. I'm like, why are they talking about a no-hitter? <laughs> oh, my God. Cut myself, cut myself off and I turned around. Both trainers that were in there had basically just turned their backs to me and put their heads down. Like, I'm not supposed to say anything about it. And I was like, <laughs> oops. Wait a second. So yeah. you you pitched that eighth inning. Was it Muncie you got to hit into a double play? I don't know. That was a long time ago. Bro. Okay. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> My God. It was like it was 1985. You, so you pitched yeah, that entire. Short term memory. Yeah, me too. You pitched that entire inning and you don't know you're part of a no hitter in the eighth inning? Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly what happened. That's crazy. I have one great. job: I go out there and get as many hitters out as quickly as possible, and that's you know that's what I try to do on a daily basis. So it's, yeah. really, it's no different than any other day. It's not like I would have pitched any different. You know, around here we needed a smile on our face. So that that's a good smile on our face, Andrew. We appreciate that, Andrew Chafin, <laughs> our guest here yep. on the Burns and Gambo Show. Uh, let's talk about your role now. You're 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 not the closer. Tori has not said that there is a closer, and yet if it walks and talks like a duck, it's a duck. Are, are you the closer of the Arizona Diamondbacks? I answer that phone when they call my name. I, it doesn't matter when it's going to be. I try not to. It doesn't really matter, honestly. Um, you know, if everything continues as it is and the numbers add up by the end of the year, then well, if the boot fits, wear it. So I'm just going to keep answering the call and trying to do the best I can on a daily basis. But but to you, it, it, you said if the boot fits, wear it. As of right now, you don't think of yourself that way, or do you think of yourself that way? It's just whatever they ask you to do. Yeah, no, I mean, i got to be ready at all times to go out and do what's asked of me. And, you know, generally it's been eighth or ninth inning pretty much the whole year, so that's uh, a, a role I'm comfortable in, and I'm happy to be able to go out and do it. You've, you've had plenty of saves in your career. It's, is there any difference to you pitching the eighth or ninth inning, or is it just the same? I mean, there's definitely a little bit more uh, adrenaline in the ninth, I'd say, especially when, you know, everything's on the line. You either... Well, you either do your job or you don't. It's kind of a, yeah, it's it's more exciting for me, definitely throwing in the ninth or the eighth. What about uh, what about being around all these kids that were probably I don't know, probably in fifth or sixth grade when you started with the Diamondbacks to to be around all this youth and excitement, and, you know, kids that can you know, really play the game. Is that uh, that rejuvenated this D-backs club a little bit? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of excitement about that. It's. Uh, so it's, a, it's a whole different like mindset and approach than what, what I came up with, so to speak. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting to see these kids out there going and just just going hard every single day, running through walls or trying to, anyways, and just just going hard. Like it's it's very fun to watch. Andrew Chief and our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. This is the last one from me. You, you, Gambo asked you about the young guys on the roster and the energy in the room. Assess for me the guys around you in the bullpen because you know bullpens are real fickle. It's hard to know when you're going to have a good one and when you're not. How do you assess the guys around you and how they kind of set up things to get you to the eighth or the ninth? Well, I mean, it's one of those things where everybody's got a general idea of what, what role they're going to have or, or when when to kind of be ready. It's kind of obviously the same as pretty much any other bullpen, but I was just trying to get the guys down there to relax and, and, and have fun with it and not try to stress too much or too little or whatever and just try to 
I try to help everybody have their mind in the right place. They'll go out there and get a job done. Yeah. Andrew, we appreciate the time as always. Best of luck the rest of the season. I imagine we'll catch up with you at some point. We appreciate it. Good luck today. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Andrew. It's Andrew Chafin joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Diamondbacks and the Rangers coming up later today. You can score the hottest ticket in town. They are Suns playoff tickets. You can text the word ticket to 620-620. Get registered. Listen for your name starting tomorrow during the 7 a.m., 12 noon, and 5 p.m. hour here on Burns and Gambo for your chance to qualify for tickets to see the Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Again, text the word ticket to 620-620. We as fans can rely on time. Top line members on the Phoenix Suns, but the guys behind them coming off the bench. Yikes. That's next. Burns and Gambo.